Thank y'all for tuning in. This is episode 15 of Coaching Connections with Marcus Alvarado. On today's episode, we have Coach Anissa Hastings of Wagner High School and Coach Jeffrey Chapman of Steele High School. Both great coaches have had a ton of success in their careers. We talked about their journey, navigating through this whole COVID situation, influences in their lives, the last dance documentary, and much, much more. I hope you enjoyed this episode just as much as I did. This is episode 15, Anissa Hastings, Jeffrey Chapman. Let's get after it. What's going on, Coach? How you doing? Not too bad. How about yourself? Trying to make it, trying to trying to not go crazy stuck in this house. I know, man. <laughs> Absolutely. I understand that. You guys about done this week or when y'all finishing up? Yeah, uh, today's pretty much the last day for us to sign kids to work. So, yeah, they're pretty much done. They've been done, really. But yeah, right. <laughs> I'm trying to tell my elementary kids, teachers that, but they don't want to listen. <laughs> I know. Listen, I don't know what's gotten to the elementary teachers, but uh, man, because I have two elementary age kids, and I'm like, and I'm a teacher. I'm like, this is too much. Yeah. My daughter's like, today's like the last day of school. We never do nothing on the last day of school. I said, well, you got something to do with that, so. All right. right. Let's play. I'm sorry. <laughs> How long have you known Coach Hastings? I've been knowing Coach Hastings maybe 10 years. Hmm. Yeah, too long. <laughs> Why's she driving? Hey, Coach. How you doing, Coach? I'm good. I didn't think I was going to be this busy today, but I am. It's okay. It'd be that way. Are, are you driving or are you, being, are you the passenger? No, I'm a passenger. Oh, okay. Yeah. Why Why I see a crutch in the back seat? Who got hurt? Oh, uh, we had a little technical difficulties. Terrence had a little technical difficulties. Who did, who, did, better. who did cross Terrence over? Come <laughs> 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 on, that ain't happening. <laughs> Oh. I feel like they ain't never stopped. He ain't be working my babies yeah. for that. See him in the driveway <laughs> and at the park and getting after it. Yeah. We're on our way to the hill right now. Yeah, they about to go run there we hill go. Right now. Where's that hill yeah. at? It's a big hill. Where's it at? It's on the east side, right? Uh, Willie yeah. Heights, Heights uh, Sportsplex. Okay. Well, I don't want to nah. keep you guys too long. Uh, I know you're kind of busy, Coach Hayden. Um, but I appreciate y'all taking some time out to talk and, and hang out a little bit. So, so uh, first off, with this uh, whole uh, COVID deal, what y'all been doing? Uh, stay busy, stay, stay in a routine. Are you talking about just us personally or with Yeah, just personally. Personally, shoot, we talked a little bit earlier, like, since the COVID, like, we just been doing, like, family workouts, like, before we got to go any places. Like, we doing family workouts in the yard. Like, basically, Terrence brought the whole gym. Uh, home, so like my living room was looking a hot mess because they had nothing but gym equipment in there. We went and got a goal, so like our kids hadn't stopped working out, and I mean, we would work out with them as well, so that's what we've been doing. I mean, it hasn't really had a major effect on us because we're homebodies, and I mean, we love our family, so it's 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 good for us, like it's not, it hasn't been bad, like it hasn't been like a burden, like oh, I want to get away, it hasn't been like that for us, so it's been, uh, yeah. it's been good for us. Yeah, Coach Hastings, I would definitely second that motion. Uh, I didn't realize how busy I really be and how much time I really do spend away from the family until you, you know, sat down and having to force to slow down. You're like, dang, I don't know my kids as well as I should or I don't know my wife as well as I should. I got to, you know, 
spend that time. So it's been really good for us as well, just getting to, you know, spend time as a family unit and strengthening our family unit up and, uh, you know, like I said, getting to know our kids and in a, in a real way like we should and definitely having to uh, spend some time, you know, in, in the, the good book and strengthening up our faith as well. So it's, it's been good. I I mean, considering the situation, it, it's been good. Like it hasn't been a, a burden. I've actually enjoyed it. So. Good. What about your your childhood growing up? Where'd you guys grow up? You know, any influences in your life that kind of sent you down this path of coaching and, and education? Go ahead, Chad. I'll go after you. Let me get stuff settled. Uh, so I, I grew up in a small West Texas town called Crane, Texas. Uh, in West Texas, in the uh, Odessa Midland area, town of about four thousand. Uh, so growing up in a community like that, you know, you did everything from uh, football, basketball, track to band. I mean, you was involved in everything because that's kind of was the thing to do. So uh, you know, growing up, I, I was raised my grandma. Uh, so you know, I needed that. Uh, instruction from teachers and coaches so that's what kind of stirred up you know things in me at a young age just been seeing how impactful my coaches was uh at that time growing up i mean i just lost my uh head football coach from high school coach cherry uh about a month or two ago uh but he's very very impactful uh just he loved on kids he built relationships with everybody he came in contact with and so just going back thinking about you know all those teachers and coaches that had I mean I pretty much had positive experience with all of my teachers and coaches from uh from high school so uh, I actually didn't originally go down the path of wanting to be a teacher and coach kind of fell into it actually as in nursing school I have a semester of nursing school left don't tell nobody that coach Ace. yeah so I, <laughs> but I had double majored in nursing and communication so I don't even know how this teaching coaching thing happened I actually had a buddy in San Angelo with the Angelo State uh he was coaching in Del Rio, and he was like, "Man, you already finished a degree. You can finish that later. Man, come on, come try it for a year." Or so, so uh, went into Del Rio, Texas. Had never heard of it prior to meeting him, and uh, you know, tried the coaching thing out, and found out I was you know a little bit successful at it. I was like, "I guess we might stick with it for a little bit." But just seeing the impact you was able to make with you know people in general, not even just the the student athletes, but just people in general. Um, was was exciting for me and just realized that I might can help somebody, you know, go down a path that they should go down rather than, uh, you know, a path they shouldn't uh, kind of intrigue me. So I, so I kind of stuck with it. And I don't understand how coaches coach without having relationships. And, and some coaches feel that way. Like, oh, it's a nine to five. It's, I don't know what world they live in, but it's not a nine to five. It's a uh, 24 hours, seven days a week, 365. And I, yeah. I think that's, the most successful coaches, I feel, they have great relationships with not only their student athletes, but with their, with the coaches that they may coach with, and with everybody. So I, I just think relationships are huge in the coaching world uh, to successful coaches. I don't, I don't know how you separate the two. I like, I know some coaches think you can, but I just don't know how you separate the two. Agreed. So Jason. Yeah. As far as, yeah, as far as for me. Um, I grew up on the east side. I'm from San Antonio. I went to Sam Houston High School. I'm a Cherokee, not a hurricane. Uh, I um, I had some great influences in my um, life. Sorry, guys. I'm about to get settled right now. I had some great um, influences in my life. Um, I was raised by my grandmother, who I definitely was a great influence in my life. Uh, 
she's a strong uh, black woman and she definitely um, directed me in the way to go. And um, she's just awesome. I mean, I'm getting teared up talking about my grandma. So, but um, as far as my coaching, uh, Coach Phyllis saying she was my volleyball coach at um, SM Houston. And um, I feel like a lot of my coaching style came from her. Uh, she was like no nonsense tough love but let us know like she cared about us loved us wanted the best for us um she actually wanted me to go to texas to play volleyball but i chose to go and uh play basketball because i mean basketball is my passion yes i love volleyball but um basketball is my passion um i got at first i wanted to be a lawyer when i went to college but um after my freshman year when i hurt my knee um Coach Conrad was talking to me, just telling me, you know, trying to motivate me. And she was like, you know, I don't want you just sitting on the sideline, just, you know, thinking you're just an injured player. Like, you need to be like another coach on the uh, floor. And I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. Um, but once, like, she told me that and I started thinking about it, I'm like, man, like, this is what I really want to do. So I think that definitely inspired me to uh, want to coach um, and, and get the passion uh, for coaching. Um, also, Coach Conrad was a great uh, role model for me at UT, as well as uh, Karen Aston, um, as my coaching style and coaching philosophy and techniques of uh, things that I do. I mean, they're they're still great mentors to me today. And um, I'm going to agree with Chapman as far as um, relationships. You have to develop relationships with your kids, get on their level. Um, you need to um, just be able to always know where they're coming from. Um, I feel like I've coached um, in different different types of environments. Um, first, having my first start at uh, Fox Tech, then leaving Fox Tech after two years and going to Stevens, um, and then now at Wagner. Um, just being able to relate to any type of kid, um, I think I do that well. And just getting on those kids' level um, is what you have to do and, and develop those relationships. I mean, to today, you know, the kids I coached at Tech and Stevens, I still have relationships with all of those um, kids. And it's, it's, it's a great thing. And uh, it's definitely my passion to coach and definitely what I feel like God has called me to do. So that's why I love doing it and have no problem doing it uh, at all. Go in there, please. Well, what have been some of y'all's keys to building those relationships with your kids and, and like Coach Chapman said, you know, with, with other people as well, other coaches and other people in, in the profession, what are some of the keys, I guess, if you were talking to a younger coach, uh, something you would tell them about making those relationships with your kids and, and other people? Um, I would say probably the number one thing is you don't know that much. You know, I, I know a lot of times, you know, we feel like we have to know everything. And I think once you get to that point, it's probably time for you to get out. I think you, you should always constantly be learning. So when you come with that, that that attitude or that spirit of always wanting to learn, it comes with a, a, a bit of humility. So you stay humble. Uh, no matter you have the best team or the worst team, or, you know, if you're the best coach or the worst coach, you know, it's coming from that place of humility helps you to build relationships with, with people in general because you always feel like it's something you can take from somebody. Uh, or when I say take, I mean learn from somebody instead of thinking you know everything. So that's a, probably the main thing I would say is you have to say and, uh, you know, stay humble and realize that you don't know as much as you think you do and that you're always trying to learn. Um, I agree with Chapman on that. Um, always willing to learn and taking it, take advice. Uh, my thing, I, I was 
a young head coach. I actually started, I was a head coach at what, 23 years old. And um, just getting advice from other people, uh, wisdom, you know, from people that you believe in. And also um, something I would tell uh, somebody that's like trying to be a head coach that's young, use your assistance. Like don't make them feel like they aren't a part of your staff. Like make them feel like they're a part. Like I tell my sisters all the time, this is, this is all of our teams. All of us are the head coach. Like give me your input. Yes, I ultimately, I have, I ultimately have the final decision, but I need your input. Like I need your help. Like this is just not me. This is just not my program. This is our program. Make your assistants feel like they're wanted and they're needed. And, and that'll take you a long way. And what about with your kids? How do you guys uh, go about building those relationships? Um, as far as, as far as me, um, I have an open door policy for my kids. I mean, my kids text me whenever, I don't care what time it is, like text me, call me, whatever you need. Um, open door policy. Um, just let them know, like when you let them know that you care, they're going to be more open uh, to you. If you get that vibe, like you care, they're going to be more open to you and they're going to play harder for you when they know you care. If they know that you don't care, then I'm, for me, I don't. I don't think the kids are gonna work hard uh, for you and, and be more open uh, to you. But if they know you care and you put it out there and you be real with them and transparent, mm -hmm. because I, you know, I'm very transparent with my kids. I, you know, I'm real with them, and and that that uh, <laughs> that helps them uh, a lot, you know, and that helps them to open up to me. You know, I'm always telling them my story, how I grew up. Um, what I went through, you know, the trials that I had to face, you know, what I persevered and got over, and that helps them my life. They're looking like, dang, coach, you went through that. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> but look, like, 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 look where I'm at now. Yeah. Like, dang, I would have never thought that. But being, mm -hmm. for me, being transparent with my kids and being open with them helps me out a deal with them. Yeah, coach, I, coach, I totally agree with Coach Hastings. I mean, you have to have a little bit of vulnerability so that they, you know, know you human and they can relate to you. I mean, nobody wants to deal with anybody on any level if you can't relate to, to, to those people. So I, I think, you know, you have to, uh, I say be a little bit vulnerable and, mm -hmm. and have more focus outside of basketball. Yeah. A lot of times when you focus more outside of basketball, the basketball take care of itself because those kids are going to do anything for it. Cause they know, they know coach Hastings, they know coach Chapman care. And so they know that you care, you can feed them all you want to from a basketball standpoint. So, I mean, and it's sometimes a simple, simple thing is speaking to each of them every day. Uh, if they have a, you know, things going on outside of basketball, like, you know, my kids somehow, sometimes, you know, they get inducted to the National Honor Society. I'm there. I'm there. I'm, I'm, if they have a choir concert, I'm there. They ask me to, they sing in a, a song for the first time at their, at their church. I'm there. You know, I think we had a kid last year who, who got baptized and wouldn't miss it because those things have to be important to you as a coach. And then you'll find out you can do so much more with the kids from a basketball standpoint. But again, that's just that relationship yeah. piece that, that you do. And it's not a faking like you care. You, you need to actually care or you shouldn't even be in this profession. When the kids yeah. will read right through it if, if they feel it's mm -hmm. not genuine. Yeah, absolutely. That's good stuff. Let's talk about your journey, your coaching journey. I know you kind of touched on it a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I did about? touch on it a little bit. Um, when I got out of college, um, I did the overseas things a little bit, play with the fever a little bit. And then I'm like, what am I going to do? <laughs> like, what am I going to do? I came back at home um, in 05 and my AU coach uh, that coached me at AU, Coach Avey, Bill Avey, he was at Southwest. And uh, he, he hit me up. He was like, hey, you want to coach? I was like, uh, uh, 
sure. I mean, I ain't doing nothing else right now. I mean, I'm not planning on going back overseas right now. He's like, okay. Uh, so I went to Southwest, applied, did all that, um, and became his varsity assistant. It was the, one of the best things like I did. It was so funny because um, when I signed my contract, that next, like, two days later, my agent called me and was like, hey, Indiana wants you to come back, blah, blah. I was like, I just signed a contract, like, no. to teach and coach. Like, I'm not going to do it. And I'm glad I didn't. You know, I'm glad I didn't get out of my teaching contract to go back uh, to play. But um, so I was with Coach Avi for two years at Southwest as his varsity assistant, uh, which I learned a lot from uh, Coach Avi. Thankful for him being in my life as well. Um, he is. He's awesome. And then I went to Fox Tech, and I was the head coach. Had no idea what the heck I was doing that young. Uh, being a head coach, I, I was still – I was coaching like I was a player still. Like, that's poor, poor kids. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but I definitely learned a lot. I definitely grew. I was there for two years, and then I went to Stevens, uh, and I was um, assistant for one year at Stevens, and then I took over the head job, and I was there at Stevens for eight years. Uh, Fox Tech was definitely uh, a lot of growing for me. They hadn't won a game in five years when I got to Fox Tech. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we didn't make play. We did. We didn't make play after two years. I was there, but. Um, we were my second year, the last year I was there, we were one game from making playoffs. Mm. And that, that was, that was something special for me. I'll never forget those kids, how hard they worked, how, you know, just rebuilding the culture yeah. there, you know, um, it, it was, it was fun. It was a lot of work, but it was fun. Um, then going to Stevens, you know, Stevens was kind of already like, you know, known, uh, but I felt like I left left my mark there on Stevens, uh, making runs to regional tournament and, you know, making playoffs every year and uh, putting Stevens on a map. But then I just felt like it was time. You know, when you know it's time for you to, to move on, like I felt like it was time uh, for me to move on. And now I'm at Wagner. I'm loving it. Um, putting Wagner back on the map where they used to be. And uh, and, and that's just the goal to continue to, uh, to build there at Wagner and uh, continue to uh, – just get get their name out there where it needs to be. Coach Chapman? Yeah, so uh, like I said, I said earlier, we, I started at Del Rio. I think it's the first time I met Coach Stevens. I think we actually played uh, Stevens <laughs> yeah. uh, when she was there. Uh, yeah. But uh, when I was at Del Rio, I was, you know, I was an assistant. I was actually on the guy side, and it was kind of a unique thing in Del Rio, you know, being a smaller community. Uh, I actually did varsity football. Uh, basketball and track as an assistant. Oh man! <laughs> my entire time there, I, I was driving myself crazy. I'm sure, but it's all I knew, so it, it didn't seem that big of a deal because, like I said, coming growing up in a small community, that was all you knew anyway. Was just to keep grinding the whole time. So I think it actually really helped me. Uh, I moved from the guy side to the girl side in basketball uh, as the, the the varsity assistant under Coach Jim Jost. He was a phenomenal coach. I learned so much under him. It was a great experience. And, uh, you know, Del Rio's not a place we had a lot of, you know, rich history and winning uh, in the various sports. But we was able to do some special things there. And uh, it's kind of kind of like Coach Hastings started at Fox Tech, you know, teams that, you know, they don't – in people's mind don't belong playing, you know, in San Antonio or playing with the, the better teams at that time. So we was actually able to com compete at that level. 
And uh, it was funny because they were – I had football coach, Coach Steve Hoffman, who also another great mentor of mine, who's at uh, the New Johnson School in uh, Buda. Uh, they actually were rearranged football practice so I could leave football practice to go to basketball practice. Uh, it was kind of, so I was on offensive side, so we would do offense first so I could make basketball practice. And it probably was a good and a bad thing kind of for the girls because I would come with that same football intensity to uh, – <laughs> with the girls. So I was like, man, what is wrong? Because they, they would say I was bipolar all the time because they said, coach loves us off the court, but on the court, I don't know what, what be going on. <laughs> but I'm sure that's pretty typical of coach Hastings also. But, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, it was, a, it was a great experience. You know, uh, so I was that first year as a varsity assistant, you know, we was able to go 30 and eight and we made it three rounds. And then, you know, coach Jose, uh he had moved on. So I had got my opportunity, you know, as a head coach, and uh, it was kind of an amazing thing. You know, my first year, I was able to get to the regional tournament for the first time in school history, my first year as a head coach. So it was like, wow. I mean, and like I said, this is a team that probably, you know, on paper didn't belong, didn't belong there on paper. But that was, that was probably one of the most special teams I always remember and uh, still stay in contact with a lot of those kids today. You know, the three of them are like uh, physical therapists, one's in chiropractic school. Like they're doing amazing things, which I knew they, you know, they would. But again, that's that relationship piece of, you know, knowing those kids and knowing how successful they would be. And so you're able to push them. So then from uh, Del Rio, I took the assistant coordinator at a head girls basketball job at Lubbock Estacado. And I was there for two years. I was at Del Rio five years and I was at Lubbock Estacado for two years. Uh, it was a good experience there. Very different. Very different. Uh, if I could equate it to a school in the San Antonio area, it's probably like a Wagner. It was like a Wagner, uh, but a good experience. I feel like we made a, you know, a big impact with those kids there. Uh, was able to do some, you know, some good things there uh, as well. And while I was there, I, you know, I was that close to, to Canyon, Coach Lombard. So I would go drive up and go visit with him and see how he do. I mean, some, somebody win that many state championships and Hall of Fame coach. You're that close. You know, you have to, uh, you know, you have to spend that time if you can to, to, to go learn and learn from the some of the, the greats and, and then coach uh, Tony Wagner, who was the boys coach at Estacada. I learned a lot from him as well. I'll just go sitting there and pick his brain. Uh, again, that's that piece of just not thinking you know too much. I always trying to grow as a coach. And then, so um, the coaches I work with at Del Rio has actually had ties to the uh, shirt Cibolo uh, area. They actually uh, knew coach Linhoff, who was the athletic coordinator time, who was uh, doing the hiring for steel. And I, I'm sure they, I know they interviewed a lot of great coaches and, you know, on paper, I, I don't know if I even deserved the job at the time, but, you know, when God has a plan, he has a plan. So uh, I was able to, you know, get the job at Steel. Uh, first year, you know, going to a job like that, taking over for, uh, you know, a great coach like Coach Kerry Wallace, uh, you know, expectations are high. And, you know, I put those high expectations on myself. Like, you know, you, you got to come here and win. It's, you know, it's not going to be, you know, you can't come here. And, and so after year one, I think went 20 and 14. I was like, you know, it's kind of eye-opener, like, hey, got to get it done so uh like i said i would constantly just grind with the kids and build those relationships and you know i would go support them at the aau game so they knew that you know coach that, that was new for them in their mind it's like dang coaches had everything and so they seen that i care so i was able really to push them and you know in year two we already go play for a state title uh and you know going a 30 game winning streak uh that's in year two which was you know it was a good thing but again it all started from that relationship piece and so um, still there, still at still, still enjoying it. I think it was a, a match made in heaven. Uh, 
Show hates that. You know, we got Wagner back in our district now, so I got to deal with Coach Hastings. <laughs> great, great on a personal note, but but playing against them, I don't know about all that. But, you know, no, we have some really great coaches in our district. So, uh, you know, usually the team come out of our district, and you're definitely ready to go play for oh, a state yeah. title because you didn't have to fight to get there. So that's kind of been my coaching journey up thus, thus far. How many years have you been at Steel? I've been at Steel six years now. I'm going to my seventh year. Let's talk a little bit about uh, best players, high school players that you've ever seen play live. Whether you coached them or just coached against them or just seen them play. Uh, I guess I can start there. I, you know, being in our district, I, I legitimately think, you know, our district is one of the toughest in the state. And so it's a number that come to mind that, you know, I've coached against or actually got the opportunity to coach with a, like a Desiree Caldwell that's at USC now. Uh, Nalissa Smith, who just won a national championship last year with Baylor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kiana Williams, who's at Stanford, who, uh, you know, had her team at number one for, at a point this year. And you got Amber Ramirez, who averaged like a million points <laughs> in high school. So we've seen some really you – know, I've seen some really great basketball players. And then Kyra Lambert as, as well, who's, uh, who's at Duke, who's now going to Texas. So those are some that, you know, come to mind, uh, like players that I've seen or coached against. Uh, for me, I mean, just, you know, being in San Antonio, growing up in San Antonio and just being here for a while, a majority of my life besides uh, being at school and playing uh, overseas. But um, I would definitely say um, there's a girl named Erica Donovan that played at John Jay. Mm-hmm. It was tough as I had to play uh, coach against her. Uh, Alexis Govan, I coached her when I was at Stevens. Oh, um I, I got, <laughs> yeah, Megan Simmons, uh, yes. you know, Megan was, was, was tough, you know. Uh, you had um, Elena Gums also with Megan. Um, that, I mean, this is just, just a lot of, you know, That's great kids. I mean, I'll say Karina um, that was at Judson, Kiara um, mm-hmm. White. Uh, I mean, we have a lot of kids that, um, a lot of, great players that came out of San Antonio. I, I hate to use the word great, so let me just use a lot of good players that came out of San Antonio um, that 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 played, um, that I've had the opportunity to coach in AAU as well um, and, and coach against, too, in high school. But San Antonio has a lot of good quality uh, girl basketball players that came out and, and that are doing great things. Uh, let me not forget Lanique Brown. Uh, she also, you know, went to Wagner. Lanique was very, very tough. Um, we, got, we just got a lot of good crop of kids just, just, that, that are good and that can play. Yeah, the more you yeah. talk, I'm still thinking about Alexis Bryant, who was huge for me, and Tony mm-hmm. Anderson, who's still playing at the next level. Uh, I mean, it's, it's yeah, you're right, Coach. There's just a ton of great players you, that we have come out this area. I know you mentioned Desiree Caldwell, but let's not forget Rasay Caldwell. Rasay, absolutely. You can't, you can't <laughs> you know, have a conversation I have to, with I have to coach against Rasay, her and Gabby Bowie. Uh, let's talk about uh, – <laughs> look, I'm trying to think back now. Like, let's talk about, um, shoot, um, Georgia, playing at Georgia. God dang it. Why can't uh, I think Gabby Connolly. Connolly. Uh, Gabby. Yes. Gabby Connolly Gabby, was yes. tough. I had to play against Gabby. Aaliyah you know. Prince. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. – I mean, the list, list goes on of quality girl basketball players that, that, that came out of San Antonio. You know, I know a lot of people talk about Houston and Dallas, but San Antonio had a lot of quality uh, 
girl athletes, girl, you know, basketball players that came out of San Antonio and that are doing great things. Mm-hmm. No, that's good. That, that's that's a wonderful. I mean, I know most of those names, but uh, not all of them. Uh, but that's, that's a nice little history lesson I just got. It's, it's, it's good. <laughs> so I'm going to assume that you guys watched The Last Dance. Is that a reason? Oh, oh absolutely. Oh, yeah. So what the ten part uh, docu series was pretty great, but what are some of the things that you think that our kids nowadays uh, can take from it that maybe they didn't know before? Well, I mean, first of all, we just that, that we need to stop having this debate. The on, debate on, is on, over. On, on the debate is over. Yeah. Like I mean, I already knew from the start, but just watching that and reliving some of that stuff, I'm like, this boy, hey, hey I don't he even was, know why we're questioning this right now. Oh, he was so different. He was so <laughs> different. <laughs> you know, and 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 I would say like. These kids, like, you know, I feel like today they need to take away, like, how hard he worked. Yeah. Like, yes, he demanded a lot out of his players, out of his teammates, but wasn't nobody out working him. Yep. You know, he was never last. He was always the first one in the gym, the last one to leave. Like, he, you know, starting a breakfast club. They didn't really talk about that or whatever. But I, they, they might have talked about it. Starting a breakfast club where li- lifting weights, you know, trying to get better. He And his mental man like i tell i I say this to my girls a lot like we got to be mentally tough jordan's mental toughness is like next level i've never seen anything like it like it's nothing like it like telling yourself stuff that somebody said about you to get you motivated to play (laughs) it's like (laughs) like who does that kind of stuff you know it's it's just amazing like i I feel like they really need to like look at his mental toughness like Mm -hmm as just an athlete, like how tough he was. And also like, not only them, I, I hope the parents took away something from it. Like when he didn't make the high school varsity team, his mama didn't call the coach. She wasn't complaining. Yep. She was, she, what you need to do, what you going to do to get better. You know, his daddy didn't do all that stuff. They put it back on him. What you going to do to get better? You know, his daddy played the little mind games with him, like saying like his brother was better than him, like doing all that kind of stuff or whatever. But, you know, I just don't feel like we have not a, not all of them. Like I don't feel like like it, there's a lot of parents, you know, out there like that. Yeah. You know, and yeah, I mean, did they know they was raising the greatest player to play basketball ever? Like, no, but like they said, like they were trying to just make them be great men. Yeah. You know, to be better, and I just feel like that's a mentality that you have to have if you want to be successful in anything, not just sports, in anything in life. Like you just got to have that mental toughness. Uh, that I want to be the best no matter what it is, at all costs. You know, like like he said, at all costs, I, I would do anything to win. And he literally showed that he would do anything to win, whatever he had to do. And I just think that's a great quality to have. And I just wish these kids would, would get that. And like I tell my girls all the time, like, do y'all think these NBA players, they this happened overnight? They work, you know. And, yeah, you know, we're talking about the greatest. Yeah, Jordan is the greatest. But, you know, Le- LeBron, his worth ethic is, is – it's, it's pretty up there. His offseason stuff that I watched is is good. Like the what he puts his body through, you know, and it, it's amazing. I just wish these kids would get those kind of work ethic and not, not just be like, oh, I want to be this person. No, like what did they do to get to that level? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly right, Coach. I think that was uh, one of the – also the top high points that, you know, really stuck out, uh, just how hard he worked and him understanding there's – well, his – Mom mainly understand that it's a process. That is a process. You know, we've had a, uh, you know, we're having Zoom meetings with our kids, whatever, doing some leadership stuff. And 
you know, when our recent leadership lesson was talking about the bamboo tree, you know, the bamboo tree, it starts out slower than everybody. It's going to take five years to grow and the foundation uh, has to be set first. And, you know, we talk to the kids about usually what do you put to make things grow? Like when it comes to plants and stuff, it's like, you know, usually poop, basically. So, mm-hmm. so that process can be ugly and mm-hmm. it can start out and it can take a long time, but the bamboo tree grows higher than all the other trees. So mm-hmm. yeah, it took five years, but how did it finish? So falling in love with that process, understanding what the end result was going to be. So I think that I just, that's that Jordan mentality and what they call that Kobe mentality. They, they fell in love with the process, knowing what the result was going to be. And then another thing that kind of stuck out, who could be a Scotty Pippen? Yeah. yeah. Who can, who can, who can, who can, who can, who can, be the mic and not a lot of people want to be the Scotty. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Who can really submit themselves to making sure the team wins, whether that's me getting my 90 points a game or making sure Jordan get his because that makes us a better team. Just having that team first mentality. Now, I think, you know, with social media and the recruiting uh, landscape, it's been, put in you know the kids mind and, and the parents mind for that matter that uh oh she got average 40 points a game to to get recruited or and a lot of these you know me and coach Hayson, we talk to college coaches all the time it, it's that's not what they're looking at they're looking at your skill set and how you fit in their system yep. it doesn't matter if you score 30 35 40 points because it's been kids that scored that that many points and don't get recruited at all yep. because mm-hmm. how are you getting those points they're more concerned with how you get those points so just you know come with the understanding that Put the team first, play as hard as you can all the time, and let the other stuff take care of itself because it will. And mm-hmm. you see a lot of the a lot of the greats, a lot of you know what we consider the greats, they're real selfless. They're very selfless. They 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 were they focus on the winning aspect, and then the other things usually take care of themselves. Well, Jordan yeah. said, said I wanted to win at all costs, and I wanted to take these guys along for the ride with me and experience that too. So I'm gonna I'm gonna push them. And they may not like it, and he got a little emotional talking about it, but that's yeah. how passionate he was. Yeah. And you know, talked- I mean, Jordan, even, he even mentioned, though, you know, like, hey, you know, like, Scotty played a big role. Like, all these people play their roles for them to be successful. And I feel like that's what a lot of athletes lack today. What is your role? You know, I talk a, a lot uh, to my girls about your role. This is your role. And we need you to play it. If you play your role, all the pieces of the puzzle will come together. But when you get outside of your role and you're doing something that you ain't supposed to do, if Dennis Rodman was thinking he was a shooter and not a rebound, a defensive player, well, how would the Bulls would be? Like, no, mm-hmm. this is your role. Perfect your role. You know? One of my talking about that. Well, coach. Dennis. Go ahead. Go ahead, coach. No, I said we talked about that as well. We talked about being an MVP in your role. Mm-hmm. Everybody being MVP, just being MVP in your role. I mean, and what you think about Dennis Rodman, he studied how each person shot, how the ball came off the rim so he would know which spot to get to mm-hmm. to, to, to get more rebounds. That is knowing your role. That's accepting your role. That's being an MVP in your role. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I was just about to say. Him talking about watching film and studying the trajectory of the ball and just going to the gym and having his buddy shoot the ball and, and just watch the release and, 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 and track it down. I mean, who goes to the gym and practices rebounding on their own? <laughs> Seriously. He made a lot of money for rebounding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Jordan, Jordan even said, you, you can't talk about Michael Jordan without talking about Scottie Pippen. Exactly. You can't do that it. Came from, that came from the goat's mouth himself. Yeah. And you he know how it was before Scottie, before Scottie got there? It was rough. <laughs> it was very rough. 
That poor, poor guy was getting beat up. Yeah. Now you talk about that, that Jordan mentality, that Kobe mentality, and, and, and you look at like Jordan's mother and his father that, that pushed him and that held him to a standard. So, so, I mean, so what if they don't, right? What if they don't uh, make him work for what he needed to earn uh, trying to make the varsity team? Does, do those guys ever become what they were? I mean, if they don't have that foundation? I have a hard time believing they do. I, I think they they go to uh, I guess they ain't really have social media, but go to their groups and talk about man, coach so and so is man, he's an awful coach, man. They ain't giving mm-hmm. my shot instead of taking that ownership and that accountability that all coaches want within everybody in their program. So I, I think it becomes more of a, a blame game than uh, actually pushing yourself and driving yourself to be the best. And we talk about not being a BCD, and that's a person that blame, complain, or defend. That always want to play the victim. Don't we don't want BCDs? We don't want, don't blame nobody else. Don't complain, and don't always try to defend your actions. Take ownership. Hey, this is me. I, I made that mistake. I'm gonna get the next one. I'm gonna work twice as hard to go get the next one to make the next play. So I I, I don't see it. I don't see Jordan get to that to that level without having that push of his parents. Yeah, and I I, I mean Chad, I agree with Chapman. Um, I'm big on self-reflection, like reflect, like see, like film don't lie. Like what, 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 what are you doing here? <laughs> you know, like it, it don't lie. Like self, exactly self-reflection. I feel like that's what Jordan mom did. Like when he came home, he didn't make the team. She was like, okay, well, what are you going to do to fix it? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you going to do? How are you going to get better to make the team next year? You know, to reach your goals. So, you know, you want to quit, quit. But if not, what are you going to do to fix it? You know, and, and, I don't think that he or Kobe, you know, or all the greats like get to that to to those levels if they didn't have that kind of foundation set. You just can't wake up one morning and be like, "Oh, this is how this is what I want to do." Like it's a foundation. It starts when you're young. Mm-hmm. You know, that's Absolutely. that's how I feel. That's my personal opinion. It, it's it starts when you're young. The foundation that's set for it. like nothing is just going to be given to you. You gotta you gotta go earn it. And you can tell, like, that saying, how you do anything is how you do everything. So, like, so like uh, even, like, Kobe, when he retired and you see him starting to excel and stuff after basketball, mm-hmm. but he just had the same mindset on, on what mindset. he was doing. It's just take those same principles and apply it. That's, that's, uh, that's ingrained in them. It's just who they are. It, 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 but it starts, I think, at an early age, too. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's talk. Uh, now, Reggie Miller put out his top five shooters of all time. I saw it today. And I said, let me ask these two what they think. No, his, Reggie Miller's top five shooters were uh, Larry Bird, Dell Ellis, uh, uh, Petrovic, Ray Allen, and then uh, Dell Curry slash Steph Curry. Uh, I guess my question is if you think he left anybody off. He left himself off. He did leave himself off. I guess he was trying Ray to be. A. Did he say Ray Allen? Yeah, he said Ray Allen. Oh, okay. Oh, don't leave Jesus Shadows worth out now. He, <laughs> that's what he's yeah, he can shoot that thing. Uh, trying to think of somebody else. Like, that's a pretty good list. I guess the better question is, who would you say is the best shooter of all time? Man, that's tough. Uh, so, the, so the way I like to think of that question is, if you had to put your paycheck or your life on one of those on a shooter, who would it be? I think I go Steph all day. You got to right. Hmm. This is your life. Yeah, Reggie was pretty clutch. Reggie was pretty clutch. Reggie was pretty clutch. Steph, he clutched from deep, from real yeah, deep. And I hate the fact that Ray Allen was clutch against the Spurs. But uh, oh, please don't bring that up. <laughs> oh my gosh, that hurt. 
I mean, Ray Allen, uh, you know, I was a, I'm a KG fan. I love the Celtics. So it was, you know, I, I you know, my boy Ray Allen, I mean, ah, man, that's tough. I mean, that is tough. But I, I, I don't know. I can't even pick. Like, cause I mean, Larry Bird, Reggie Miller, and Ray Allen, and Steph, like, how do you vote? How do you pick against any of them, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, like, I, hey, any one of those. My my biggest thing is is for like in Steph's defense is like the way he can shoot it from just off the dribble, you no know, step backs. I mean the degree of difficulty. I mean that's pretty tough what he does for sure. But I I, I still wouldn't want to bet against Larry Bird or <laughs> so even as good as Steph is, it's hard to bet against those other guys. Yeah, I, you know I think people sleep on how good of a shooter Dirk is too. Oh, Dirk is great. I mean that's another guy left off the list. Dirk hit a lot of shots in his in his career. <laughs> you got Mark Price. I mean, you got a whole bunch of other guys that could shoot the ball. Yeah. All right, let's talk impactful moments in your career. You know, you don't have to use names or anything. Just, you know, moments. It could be with a colleague or with, with kids where you realize that, that you no know, wins are important, right, but it's more about the relationships and stuff like that. Um, I'm going to go with um... – I'll use her name because she, she's, that's, you know, one of my <laughs> babies. Uh, Alexis Govan, um, she played for um, the Team Express. Mm-hmm. And um, she uh, had an offer from, shoot, I can't even remember the school. It just get, saying that I'm old. She had an offer from this school, can't remember the school. And they had pulled her offer. So going into her senior year, like, it was like she didn't have anything. I said, I said, go. This is what I call it. I was like, go. Don't worry about it. Trust you. Something. Like, you're going to get something. They're going to regret, you know, what happened. You know, uh, and um, it was uh, Western Kentucky that came uh, for a workout. And I told them, I said, look, I'm not even going to tell you who Alexis Govan is because they hadn't seen her. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm not even going to tell you who she is, but go ahead. And, uh, it was pickup. We were playing pickup. I said, after, after, the, after the first pickup game, you will know who she is. After the first pickup game, he knew who she was, and they offered her right then and there. And, like, she, you know, and I told her, you're going to be an All-American. Like, I just told her, like, you're going to be all this stuff. And she she was all this stuff. You know, she was All-American. She played overseas. She she did all that. Like, we still have the greatest relationship um, till today. Like, she's actually going to be in my wedding. Um, she's uh, j- just a great kid. In that moment, I was like, man, like, this is definitely what I'm, what, what I'm called to do, you know, just – just uh, helping her through that process um, and her getting that reward of all her hard work that she had put in because she thought she thought it wasn't going to happen, mm-hmm. but but it did. And that was so rewarding for me that it, that it happened. And she had a great career at Western Kentucky and had a great uh, overseas career. So that that was uh, one of my highlight moments as a coach. Yeah, I, I would probably have to go back to that the group I had at Del Rio that, you know, like I said, wasn't well, the most talented I didn't say one of the most talented, but on, on paper, they wasn't the six-feet guards. They wasn't the biggest team. Uh, shoot, a lot of people said they didn't belong, but just how hard they work and how they persevered, and they just wanted to win, and they would grind. I mean, they would they would practice all the time. They would get in the little fall leagues on a Sunday drive, two-and-a-half-hour every Sunday to fall leagues because they wanted to, to be better. And just how hard they worked for me. You know, being a first-year head coach and, you know, some of the uncertainty and, uh, you know, people wondering, should we have given him the job just and how much they just really pushed themselves to make sure 
that it was a rewarding season and we had great memories. I mean, I think one of them posted on Facebook a, a few weeks ago a uh, picture from from that season because it was just that special of a, a season. So that that was very impactful and, and made me definitely want to stay in coaching and feel like I, you know, something I, I could do for a long time. But that was, a, I would say, a highlight uh, definitely with that group. And like I said, just doing something that had, hadn't been done before. Like going to the regional tournament was not a, not a thing in girls' basketball for their real. So being able to make that accomplishment was uh, – it, it was huge for, you know, except for those girls and for me as a coach. And just to give you like kind of example what that game looked like, we played Wagner in the regional semifinal. And uh, he had big Tisha, who was like 6'12". They had my little <laughs> five, six, five, six guards trying to guard her. And that, that was one of the pictures they put in the uh, paper. But just seeing that tenacity, and you know, usually that first round, you know, a lot of uh, coaches, they had become a kind of a running joke, I guess, that it's Valley Week. So they know that first round game was supposed to be an easy game. And then, you know, having to go against uh, Coach Camacho and Wagner, and you, you, her resume speaks for herself and how, you know, tough they are. And, you know, I think, I think they thought it was going to be a little bit of an easy game. Uh, so, you know, us just being able to be in a game and it end up being a six or seven point game. And, you know, again, a lot of times they didn't, again, didn't think we belonged. And it was funny because, like, the Wagner fans was, it was kind of, because we sat right in front of uh, their their side. They was kind of rooting a, against us for a minute there. And then all of a sudden they kind of got quiet. I was like, man, this is kind of, this kind of all right. You know, these kids are really working hard, playing hard, and, and you know, making this a reputable game. So that was kind of a highlight for, for, for me. That's good stuff. You know, my favorite things is, is, is like, you know, when the kids come back and, and all that stuff. But check this out. Um, just thinking about role role players and and being able to accept the role. I had a kid like three or four years ago. Uh, we had a pretty good team, won a district championship that year, and he was probably the last guy on the bench. Uh, but he accepted his role and and came to practice and worked his butt off every day. And he knew his job was to make the other guys uh, ready. And and if he ever got his number called, he was going to work his butt off. And so and so on the night we actually clinched the district championship. Uh, it was the second to the last game of the year. And, and, uh, and so we gave him some time and talk about staying ready. Dude hit nine threes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, dude was ready. He hit nine threes and the, the crowd is going crazy. And it was, I mean, I get goosebumps thinking about his face and, and, and his parents' face, his dad's face. And then after the game, I mean, they were just like, uh, it was just the greatest day of their life. And, and just looking at that excitement, man, it was, it was wonderful. I mean, and then, you know, the next game we played our rival, and I said, let me, let me give him a shot. And, and things kind of went back to normal, and he, he struggled and started turning the ball over, and I said, oh, okay, no. No, that, 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 magic, <laughs> that magic's over. But, but that, that moment was pretty special for him and his family. And this is a kid that played less than 30 seconds on average per game. But he was just happy to accept his role and be a part of something bigger than himself. And so – Mm-hmm. And to see that pay off for him was, was pretty special. Yeah, Coach, I probably got one more, actually, that one of my seniors this year. You know, she competes in the Special Olympics, and she's been a part of our program the entire time. Don't have never missed a practice, never missed a game. I mean, she, she gives you everything. I don't coach her any different. Probably coach her even harder, and she just loves it and just a great example of, a, of what a student athlete should be. But, you know, usually we'll put her in, you know, like the end of a game or so. And I, I swear to you, every game we put her in, she would go and hit a three. She could just flat shoot the ball. She would go hit a three every, <laughs> sing, every single game. Yeah. And so it was like it was like we won the state championship every time we put her in because the kids would go crazy, the crowd would go crazy. 
And uh, that was, I mean, that was special. You're thinking, you know, over the last four years having her and just how special that, that kid is. And, you know, they, she went in on senior night and they, you know, usually yeah, let, let her get a shout out. No, they wouldn't let her get a shout out. She mm-hmm. somehow got caught it in the corner, uh, hand in the face, she throws it up. Nothing but that. I'm like, everybody just go crazy. So just, you know, having those special moments with kids like that, that, you know, didn't have the opportunity maybe to, you know, playing what or say a regular situation but just persevere no matter what and then just really fought you know those are moments that you take away and that that makes you keep going as a coach also stuff that your other girls on the team probably learn a lot from that experience as well absolutely absolutely you can't say nothing to her everybody got her back real quick (laughs) (laughs) well i mean that's all i got for today i just i want to say thank you guys for taking the time out to, to hang out talk life talk talk hoops and uh Hope you guys are staying safe during this crazy time. Yes, sir. Thank you for the invite, Coach. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. You guys have a good day. Y'all too. You as well. I want to see – I always see video of the kids working out. I never see him (laughs) running the hill. (laughs) Hey, hey, he got a little knee injury. Can't run now. (laughs) We'll see you guys. All right. All right. Y'all take care.